Space. The final frontier. Well, okay, not, not really. All right, uh, take two, take two. Here in the Mitten State, welcome to Code 47, bringing you all things Star Trek, spanning the quadrants, the best thing since the neutral zone. We are back. This is the Code 47 podcast on the Secret Friends Unite Podcasting Network, episode 109. And we've got a little fuller house this week, which I'm very excited about. Uh, last episode, it was just Peter and myself. Uh, I'm very privileged to have a great, uh, I don't say stable, because you guys aren't horses, even though you're all champions, without a doubt. Uh, but I'm glad to have a great team of people that we kind of rotate through. And then as everybody else is available, they kind of join. But I'm very excited today to be joined by returning for the first time in a very long time, my dear friend Kay, all the way over on my extreme left. Kay, how are you today? I am good. Very excited to finally be here. <laughs> I know, I know. Well, hopefully we will see more of you. But again, that's what is the nice advantage to having four of you missing not being present today is that we're able to rotate in other guests, other people we pick up along the way. In the middle square is my steady man, Peter, my chief engineer on the Grand Petoskey. Hello. Hey. And returning, as always, from the Windy City of Chicago, Jen Watson. Hello. All right. I am, of course, Charlie Carden, your Trek Master of West Michigan, uh, commanding officer of the USS Grand Petoskey in the International uh, Starfleet Star Trek Fan Club. And we're here to talk about some Trek. But first of all, we got to pay the bills and we talk a little bit about our Patreon uh, everybody here has done a Patreon segment with me, uh, including Peter. Just as soon as we wrap up here, we're going to talk uh, a little bit about uh, expanding our conversation about Battlestar Galactica uh, in my The Facts of Geek, Geek Life segment. Um, but these fine folks uh, do contribute to making it possible for myself and Todd and Mark and a lot of other folks to make a lot of fun extra content. We have recently uh, revised uh, our tiers, which I'll describe very briefly. If you visit uh, patreon.com slash secretfriendsunite, you can check all all of these out. We do have three different tiers available to you, the bottom of which just being a simple contribution, digital high five, as my partner Todd Oxford describes it. Um, but we also have uh, contribution levels uh, that uh, get you a little bit of extra perks and, and that great audio that I was discussing. Uh, our friends with benefits level uh, is our tier that uh, we give homage to our friend Corey, John, the Phoenix Sisters cosplay, a guy named Brendan Myers, who is very active in our Discord. Uh, our BFF level uh, are our ongoing folks, Sean, Stella, and Henry Nias, the Nias family, uh, Missy Merchant, and Andy Milliken. Uh, and we are doing a Patreon spotlight this episode on my dear friend, Derek Trevelyan. He's a local guy here in Grand Rapids. He's my partner in crime when it comes to collecting action figures. And it's been a while, but we're going to give him his Code 47 bonus of giving him a Star Trek race slash job slash affiliation. Everybody gets a stab at it. I know we've all had upwards of three minutes to think of something. I love it because, you know, what? that's the most honest type of creativity, in my opinion. So, Kay, you've done this before. You're a very creative person. What does what role does Derek play in the Star Trek universe? Well, Detrovoy sounds like a Vulcan name, so oh, yeah. I think that he'd be Vulcan. And you tell me that he collects action figures, so I'm thinking that he's very meticulous and very detail-oriented. So that would tell me engineering. 
Oh, gotcha. Vulcan engineer. Very cool. Uh, Peter, who is our engineer over on the Grand Petoskey, what do you think? So I was just going to go with something completely on the, off the other end because um, I heard collection, and so I immediately thought Ferengi. Mm. Uh, yes, acquire, acquire. Acquire, so, Brock, acquire. <laughs> so I, I immediately thought Ferengi trader because that's just, mm. you know, it's it fits for that particular thing, but, you know. Absolutely. Gotcha. And I know this is making Jen super uncomfortable because she would love to have prepared, but uh, we don't do that. So we're just going to jump right in. Jen, go for it. Uh, Orion, uh, with all of the the, the sort of other side of the collection and acquisitions and sort of things there. So we'll go with the Orion um, and works in acquisitions for the ship. Like Acquire, acquire, acquire. I like it. Yes. Very good. Well, I'm going to say uh, that he is a Klingon because I, I know him. He's a he's a big dude, big beard, you know, strut, plays lacrosse, very strong dude. Um, but I'm also going to say that he is one of the rare Klingons uh, that mirroring, in this case, his real life job, he's in marketing. So he is a Klingon advertising marketing guy. And instead of working for a boat company, which is what he does now, he works uh, for a company that exclusively makes Klingon catamarans. Still boats. There you go. Klingon marketing boat guy. They're very spiky. They're very, yes. You can get it. And the the upper models have that that many more spikes. So awesome. They have grapplers. Uh, Yes, all grapplers. Yes, that is a technology that never goes out of style. There's no doubt about it. No doubt about it. Well, cool. Well, Derek, we thank you, and we give uh, special thanks to all of our patrons. Again, please visit patreon.com slash secretfriendsunite if you're listening to this program. Free one-week trial of any uh, any of our audio tiers. Listen to our uh, products, as I said, uh, or our productions, I should say. I uh, make a program that I call the Facts of Keith Life. We take a classic series, a classic season. We break down a few episodes. Todd has a great interview show called Fansplain. Uh, Kay and Missy and I have had interview series, which has been on hiatus since the strike, but it'll definitely come back one day. Uh, and a lot of other fun stuff. So please do jump on there and check it out. Okay, commercial is over. Let's get to talking about some actual Star Trek stuff. So um, in the last episode, Peter and I touched upon the very first segment of the very short uh, animated very short tracks. So this is uh, available from the StarTrek.com website. I've watched them on YouTube. I believe they're very easy to find there. We covered that first segment. And so today we're going to kind of touch upon segments two and three. We've all watched segments two and three, correct? Yep. Mm -hmm. We're nodding and smiling. Very good. We did our homework. We, I love it. I know I'm such I'm such a school marm. I apologize, but you know it just comes naturally. Um, so uh, episode two was holiday party, and this focused around um, a uh, Strange New Worlds era Spock with the return of Hemmer, who is one of Peter's favorite characters, uh, certainly from Strange New Worlds, uh, doing a, uh, a little aside where he's trying to, uh, you know what, I want to set the stage. Uh, Kay, go ahead. <laughs> All right. Well, so basically they're having a holiday party and Spock has been in charge of the entertainment. And so he has decided to create a blooper reel because he thinks or he says that according to humans, when we screw up, it's funny. And it just becomes more and more atrocities uh, because he doesn't understand humor. So 
there ends up being like ships exploding and I think someone got like cut in half and the transporter and all of the crew was like, oh my God, Spock, what the hell? Here's to praying breaking up with me. And that, was my, that, was, yes. that was yeah, that was my favorite part, especially when with the, that is how it finally ends when we get to TOS is that with the, the famous Amok time and the big fight, she's she's just always playing him to bring sucks. Oh, there you go. That's that's my name of the episode. Pring sucks. Um, <laughs> I, I thought this was fun. Of the ones that I've seen so far, and again, there are now four of them in release, and the, the fifth one will be released, uh, I believe, this upcoming week. Uh, and we're just kind of doing them two at a time, you know, stretching out the content. I thought this one was fun. I really enjoyed it. Mm-hmm. And again, uh, when I was reading the description of it, it was called Anything But Canon. <laughs> so it really does not count towards anything but our entertainment value. So, Jen, what did you think of this one? It was better than the first one. That's <laughs> yeah. a really low bar. Very um, low bar. Yeah, the first one. I I didn't like the first one at all. Um, this one was slightly better. Um, still not really my style of humor. Though. Yeah, so I gotcha. Yeah, I gotcha. I definitely felt the same way about the second one. Now we have, uh, it's called Worst Contact. Uh, this is actually segment segment three, but the second one we're talking about, obviously. Uh, so we this is set in the TNG era. We have Riker and Beverly and Ensign Ricky, some dude whose name that we never learned, <laughs> beaming down uh, for a first contact mission. Uh, he describes himself as officer in charge Riker, which immediately annoyed the hell out of me because he's not. Uh, so I turned to a- April when we were watching this and I was like, was Picard just on PTO? And that's why, uh, oh, there come, here come, here come, hold, please hold for Peter's, uh, Peter's, uh, I live on a busy street yes. and people yeah. just had to run their stupid right. motorcycles really loud. I love, that's okay. That's how you know this is raw. It's life. And I don't edit, so that's going to stay in. But anyway, so Riker beams down, describes himself as the captain because Picard can't be troubled. And what happens then, Jen? Uh, they meet this race of aliens who just long story short, it's not funny. It's it's yeah, that's pretty yeah. Much it's it. uh, their, it, it, their whole cultural thing is their bodily fluids and fish warmed in the microwave and other things that humans generally find disgusting and um it's dumb it was an snl sketch all the way (laughs) without a doubt it was and i just i was i I was i was generally irritated Kay, any any further thoughts um there was definitely me cringing um i mean i did think it was I liked the the reactions of the crew. I thought were very very funny because the entire idea is that it is cringe. It's supposed to be like absolutely disgusting. And so like watching Beverly and uh, Riker fight about who gets to be because he comes on. He's like, I'm the commander in charge. And then Beverly like, so you're you're the commander. You get to shake their hands. Their booger infested hands. Oh, and everything's covered in boogers. I mean, come yes. on, y'all. It was yeah. It was it was an SNL. I really this was like an '80s SNL sketch. So you think <laughs> Phil Hartman, you know John Lovitz. It just definitely had that vibe. So yeah, I mean, I don't know. You know, this is content we're getting. I guess it's kind. You know what? It's it's something Oxford and I very famously say over an SFU when something sucks. Hey, it's content. Uh, <laughs> and uh, it's content that you probably don't ever have to watch again. Yeah, Jen is no. gritting her teeth. Go for it. No, no, go ahead, please. No, I, I, I will say the stuff that I did like about this, and I think the last one also is the is the mistakes were sort of a homage to the animated series, like Beverly calling him Bill, which right. you know did happen in the first season of TNG, yes. or I think right. there was one point where um, Saru was wearing the wrong uniform because it's yes. like. 
years yes. in the future. Yep, yep, yep. <laughs> oh man, it was driving me nuts. And yeah. Because it's such a you know clear continuity error, and that was happening in the animated series because right. budget. So it was it was the '70s drugs. That, that, yeah, that's a mm-hmm. that too. You know, have yeah. some pink tribbles. Have some of the you know have yeah some right pink continuity errors. So like, pink. I like that they can poke fun at themselves, but I think that it's not. It's it's just not it's. It's not my style of humor. It's yeah, I, not to my taste. I don't I know, know if I said like it. it but, but, yeah. yeah. Go ahead, Peter. I said, I don't know if I said it in the last episode, but I think that as an homage to the animated series, it's just kind of missing the point. Yeah. Because, <laughs> um, like, the animated series, as corny and cheesy as it was, it was attempting, emphasis on attempting, to be real Star Trek. And this is just like poking fun of all yeah. the screw ups. Like, it's, yeah. it's, it's, it's and it's like, I get time. it, but it's like the animated series was trying to be something. And this is just like, oh, animated series, dumb. <laughs> and it okay. did actually have some legitimately good episodes. That's true. You can poke a, you poke, know, a, handful, a few out of TAS. Still. Yeah. Yeah. I think yeah. it's small, but it's a yesteryear, which was the, one of the first episodes is, yes. is, is yeah. great. Like, as we said, there's like a handful, you know, like yeah. still, like there's a handful in TNG season one. Right. But, you know, yeah. it's, a, it's, it's more like a maybe two fingers full. There we go. Yeah. I'm oh. just saying, though, it's, kind yeah. of, it's just like, oh, we're being doing an homage to Star Trek animation. It's like, nah, you're not yeah. really. You're just not trying right. to be dorks because you can. Don't not use that as an excuse. Yeah. Just say you're being dorks. Just go right. for it. Not really landing the mark. No, I got you. Well, cool. All right. Well, let's move on. Yeah. Let's talk about something that yes. we hopefully can all get behind, which is talking about Lower Decks. Now, we are in, obviously, season four. And that always blows my mind that we're in season four of the show. It just right? feels, maybe it's because the seasons are so short. And then, obviously, in segment two, we're talking about Star Trek The Next Generation, which full hour-long 26 episodes made full season. This is 10 half-hour episodes. It's just like, it's like little bites, you you know, it's like a, it's a little easier to get through. So uh, anyway, OK, so we're talking about uh, episodes three and four this week. Uh, Kay, if you would be so kind to kick us off talking about episode three. Yeah. So you have uh, or season four, episode three, The Cradle of Bexalon. And that is Boimer leads his first away mission on an alien megastructure. Um, and I was very uh, I want to say I don't want to say pleasantly surprised because I'm always I come to expect there to be good content. I was curious as to how things are going to shift with all of them becoming like lieutenants mm-hmm. or, you know, having that rank change. And so far it's been just a win all around. So yeah, having, watching Boimler grow and seeing, if you think about Boimler in the first episode of season one and now this episode, like all of the panic, all of the anxiety is still there, but you can definitely see the growth and the great, you know, changes in the character. And then of course we also have a robot or a, you know, an intelligent AI who's actually benevolent and not trying to right. take anyone over. And so there's this repeated joke of people coming in and being like, Oh no, intelligent AI. And they're like, no, 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 it's fine. He's honestly not trying to mind control anyone. Um, <laughs> it's just not done. Yeah. So that's why yeah. it's a bad system update. It's fine. Yeah. It's windows um, 95. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I will say um, I have come to believe that I don't think Vulcans are actually emotionless. I think they're just using it as an excuse to be sassy. Ooh, <laughs> sassy Vulcans. That could, be a, that could be a new name for this episode. All right. Uh, let's keep it rolling. Um, uh, Peter. I really liked this episode. Um, I liked how we actually had um, the captain be able to do something. Not, mm-hmm. I mean, in classic Lower deck style, 
yeah mildly successful and things go right. wrong horrifically right. throughout the whole situation but like she's able to do something instead of just stand on the bridge and be sass like she actually yeah. is able to do something so that was fun um Talyn is one of my favorite characters at this point I know I'm a sucker for Vulcans anyway but I love Talyn like I forget the line exactly in this episode but like she restates what Boimler says in like the worst way possible. He's like, that's not how I would have said that. And it's like, yeah, but a Vulcan would. It's great. Like I <laughs> like said, just sass. Let me put your subordinates in danger now or something along those lines. Yeah, it was something. Yeah, there were several lines. It was something like that. It's like, <laughs> oh, and Boimler has realized that he may now put you in danger. Please work. Yeah. That's not <laughs> what I meant, but okay. All right. So. You got- Sorry about that. We just had a little bubble. Oh, look, everything looks good now. Okay, so, uh, Jen, your thoughts? I really like this one. Uh, no surprise. I especially love how it was, like, rebooting Vexalon was a lot like rebooting an old Windows system. I know you said that all the like, <laughs> right. floppy disks and, like, oh, we have to restart. We have to do a hard restart. We have to do, that. like, I'm like, this is hilarious. I loved that. I loved Lynn also. Um what was the other plot in this one? Um, oh, it was, Bo- uh, Bo- yeah. It. yeah, it was Boimler yeah. and Boimler, Boimler and Rutherford being roomies and then yeah. having their off time and the holodeck and they were at Mark Twain. And then they that's, had the, that's, oh, uh, that's, that's the next that's, episode. That's the next oh, one. you see what we're I mean? They, they just tend, yeah, they just tend yeah. to kind of run together a little bit, which is not a bad that's thing. Fine. Yeah, okay. I like that. Yeah, no. okay. It's good. So, yeah. It's good. So yeah, I jump forward to the to the next episode. So yeah, very enjoyable. Yeah. I too enjoyed the AI that was like because uh, it was a little bit of a turn of phrase uh, to do an AI that wasn't you know uh, that wasn't Vol or wasn't uh, the uh, uh, Landrew. Landrew, thank you. I was thinking of the Archers. <laughs> there you go. Um, yeah, no, it was good. I really I did enjoy that. So that's fun. It's yeah, this an interesting ep- contrast to the other AIs that we've had like right. Agnes and Peanut Hamper. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Did you say is it Agnes? I thought it was a, a, is Agamus. there an Agnes? Agamus. I thought there was I thought there was also an Agnes and I just wasn't remembering wasn't remembering no, that's an Agnes. Oh, very good. It was, it was, yes, it was Agatha all along. It was, oh, was Agamus all along. It was Agamus. Oh, yes. they yes. might find, even find a better name for this one now. All right. Well, let's move on uh, to episode. Oh, boy. And Peter's feeling it. Peter and I yeah. were at a, a wedding last night. He did not dance, but you can get him dancing talking about this. I don't like dancing generally. I'm okay bopping a little bit in a chair, but right. no, elsewise, not so much. That is perfectly valid. All right. Episode four, uh, Jen. All right. We have something borrowed, something green. Tendi is summoned back to Orion for a wedding. And that is her sister's wedding. Right. Which comes complete with the traditional kidnappings. Oh, my gosh. Happening at like the completely wrong time. Right. Her sister is Erica. Yeah, (laughs) it's a great alien name because it's oh, I know. I I I loved this one a lot better than the last one. Not that the last one was bad, but this one just had so much heart and feeling to it, and it had just like we learn more about Tendi. We have not known anything about her, so it was really cool seeing her backstory and like how Starfleet inspired her to you know do something different with her life and to you know I don't want. I don't want to be the pirate. I don't want the family business. Yeah, we're, we're rich, but like, well, we're not that bad. And yeah, um, Talyn was great in this too. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, taking her notes and just tossing them out because it's unethical to do this without uh, the consent of the subject. Like, right. 
consent yeah, matters. I, I no liked doubt. a lot about this one. Mm-hmm. I, uh, I enjoy, and then uh, poor Mariner, who was, I mean, she was almost really the third she wheel, but she was the foil. Like yeah, she was like, I got st- stabbed during the daddy daughter dagger dance. One thing was she ducked behind a console near the end and it ricocheted and still got her. Yeah. <laughs> she's, behind the, she's behind the console going, oh, come on. <laughs> Oh, no, I was just, I, I'm enjoying that they're hitting all the good notes. Talinda is such a great new character because, um, because it, it, yeah, it's a great spin uh, on, on Vulcans as a race. Uh, but, you know, but as Kay has pointed out, the, the sass is, is strong uh, because we all know that Vulcans suppress their emotions, but they do just kind of let them sneak out uh, in little ways. And the Orions are kind of the same, like, well, Orions never lie. And then, you know, there was Tendi's mother and she's the father's like, oh, my God, yes, of course we do. So, yeah, it's uh, it's all about uh, uh, perception. Perception and, and kind of what we put out there uh, between those two races, I think. So, yeah, no, I'm having fun. Uh, and again, you know, I've, I've been privileged because the good folks at Viacom did share a screener with me. I've seen the first. It was weird they sent the first eight of ten episodes. So I don't know what happens in the last two episodes, but it's probably gargantuan. So get yourself ready um, because that that will be upon us kind of before Big we know. cameo and they didn't want to ruin it for you. Probably so. That probably. No, that sounds fair. So, okay. Any further thoughts uh, about number four or about, you know, these two together before we kind of wrap things up? I was, you know, like Jen said, I was really, really excited to see continuation of Tendies. You know, we got the kind of girls trip volume one. Um, you know, the first time around, that you know, and that's when we got to hear about how she's the what, daughter of the winter constellation. Yeah, that's the one. And, yeah. <laughs> and it was just like this little nugget. I was like, oh, I hope that that wasn't a throwaway thing. And it's, again, one of those wonderful things about Lower Decks where they'll make those weird things that just seem like these asides and then they'll come up with this huge backstory for it. Um, yeah. And it was just, again, Tillin is just really, really amazing. You know, they're expanding the Lower Decks cast, which, you know, they had such a great dynamic to begin with. You have to be really careful when you're bringing in a, an additional character. And they've done it really, really well with Talyn. And just seeing her, especially with that kind of like girls trip kind of camaraderie. And then you had like kind of the boys trip, you know, with Boimler. Right. And, um, <laughs> in this one. In this one. Yes. This yes. one was the one yeah. with Mark Twain. And they even yeah. try to like force the captain in with some random alien that they're trying right. to do because there's a phasing nebula star trek stuff right and <laughs> it, it so it was just it was really fun to watch both of them and to see you know once again uh how boimler they, they just uh they always solve through like diplomacy and compromise um instead they of always violence. Do, though. they did in the yeah in they the, did the, because the, the they had the game in that um, the Mugato yeah, episode. The one with the yeah, exactly, right. and that's what it, yeah. it felt like. It was in harkening back to the Mugato episode with those two as well. Right, right, good stuff. I love it. Cool. Uh, all right. Well, with that, we're going to wrap up segment one, and Kay is going to be taking her leave. So awesome to have you back, and hopefully, it's not uh, it, it's not a rarity, not an isolated incident. Um, <laughs> but uh, that's the beauty of having all you guys on as as kind of our big cores that we can rotate in. Everybody's got a great, unique voice, and I really love it. So, Kay, where do people find you out there? Um, you can find me on Twitter at q underscore t geek, and on Instagram at quintessential geek. Awesome. Good deal. All right. Well, we'll take a quick pause and we will be right back. All right. All right. Cool. We're back. That was awesome. Love talking about lower decks, but we're going to get back to the classics talking about 
uh, season four of Star Trek The Next Generation uh, into season three. And I will admit, we're kind of, because we're in the back half of the season now, in my opinion, we were kind of starting to run into potentially a little bit of a creative lull. I don't know. That's, uh, th- that's you know, we can discuss that uh, as we uh, as we break it down here. So, all right, uh, Jen, if you would be so kind to tackle segment number 15 of the season. All right. We have uh, First Contact, uh, directed by Cliff Bull, teleplay by Dennis Bailey and David Bischoff and Joe Minoski and Ronald D. Moore and Michael Piller, with a story by Mark Scott Zickery. Uh, Riker is hospitalized during a botched pre-First Contact mission. Xenophobia results in increasing hostility towards his presence. My, my, my. Yeah. So, um... I, I'll, I mean, I'll, I'll jump right in. <clears throat> this was uh, this episode had a famous cameo uh, of BB Newworth, who was <laughs> Lilith from Cheers, and then yes. from Frasier uh, as a, an orderly in this alien hospital where Riker is hospitalized, who attempts to help him escape uh, with a little bit of a <laughs> transactional ep- uh, episode. Yes, yeah, she wants to get down with him, which fortunately we don't actually end up having to watch. But uh, Riker, yeah, even though he's cr- Riker, so he's, he's even though he's critically injured, you know, he was able to get the job because you see her propositioning him. She's like, uh, do it and then I'll help you escape. And uh, to then his we, credit, he did go. His first reaction was like, uh, no. yeah, right. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. And yeah. but then, yes, we jump to the next scene, and he's walking away. So um, this was interesting because this was this was an episode uh, uh, told you know fr- from the jump in the cold open, uh, not from the perspective of typically what we'd expect. You know, we jump in yeah. on a busy emergency room, a patient is being wheeled in, all of these doctors and nurses are having a conversation. His fifth intercostal strut is missing, and his like talking about his alienees. And to your casual viewer, you probably don't know what the hell's going on. And then we pan down and we see it's it's Riker's face with your typical Star Trek, you know, extra blotches of catch to his face. Glued to his face, yeah. Yeah, exactly. So, um, yeah, and from there, you uh, it, it takes a while for our characters to appear, but they're really appearing uh, in not a first-person perspective, um, which I think maybe to the point in the franchise, I don't know that we'd seen it in quite this fashion. So I, right off the bat, I thought that that was a good use uh, of kind of changing the tense. So yeah, I, I enjoyed it for that reason. Lots of great conversation. We'll get the return of Jane's not, I was going to say Jane Seymour. It is not mm-hmm. Dr. Quinn medicine woman. I, the woman, the woman who played Marasta Yale, who was the, the scientist. What is that? That actress's name. Don't make me look it up. Peter, help me out. I don't know. I don't Crap. remember. Okay, fine. I'm going to look it up to satisfy myself, and somebody else can talk. <laughs> um, I th- quite enjoy this episode, if only uh, because it shows, you know, what if aliens were in fact real and we found them, how would we react? And it's kind of a little bit of a micro study on that as an episode of like, yeah, if we discovered an alien, would would it like cause people to like lose their minds? Would they try to like instigate interstellar war? Yeah. <laughs> because they're, you know, trying to show that aliens are dangerous right? Um, because they think it would ruin their way of life. Like there's a lot of interesting stuff going on in this yeah. episode. Um, the, the actress, by the way, I was, I was half right. Carolyn Seymour, who also appeared as a Romulan commander in two different roles during the series, season two and then season six, and was mm-hmm. in Quantum, Quantum Leap and a lot of other kind of 90s fare. So very mm-hmm. familiar to me. So anyway, um, Jen. Yeah, um, pretty much what 
Peter said too, like, I like that it has a reflection of kind of the speculation of what we might do, uh, because it is a society that's, you know, they're, they're sort of discovering it. They're, they're, um, it is the pre-first contact. So we haven't officially made our, our presence known. So it's sort of this accidental discovery. So they're, it's dictating on their terms rather than our terms to present. So there is all of this uh, speculation, accusation, kind of, you know, public freak out. And it's uh, not a freak out exactly, but like right. the, the concept of the freak out, um, right. what might happen. So, um, yeah, it's good. I enjoyed yeah. this one. We got to touch this. This is uh, in somewhat, you know, revisited in reminiscence of the first episode of Strange New Worlds called Strange yeah. New Worlds. Kind of the same thing. Um, but yeah, I loved it. And like I said, the, the bit of the humor of I always wanted to sleep with an alien. That's usually, you know, the the crazy lady like, you know, you know, it reminds me of the the crazy in the, in the movie Independence Day, the, the one of the crazy people on top of the building in L.A. that says, oh, I hope they bring back Elvis. That's what. <laughs> That's what this lady reminded me of. Oh, crazy bring back Elvis lady. So, gotcha. All right. Well, let's move along, and I'll, I'll tackle the next one, which would be, oh, Jordy. <laughs> oh, episode 16 is Galaxy's Child. Uh, Winrich Colby, stalwart to the series, directs. Stom, uh, story by Thomas Cart. Cartosian. Cartosian, thank you. Not a name I recognize and not someone uh, I typically find associated with the series. Uh, Teleplayed by Maurice Hurley, who I believe was otherwise not a part of the series at this point, so it's kind of interesting to see his name. Maybe it's an older script or something like that. Uh, March of 1991, the Enterprise accidentally kills a space creature and the crew rush to save its unborn um, offspring. Meanwhile, Jordy meets the engineer he fell in love with and, and finds out to be shocked that she's nothing like the woman he encountered on the holodeck. Guest star is the exceptional Susan Gibney as Dr. Leah Brahms. Wow. And, and an absolutely dead-on line from Guinan. Uh, you know, obviously, we've set the stage with the fact that uh, in the episode Booby Trap, which was last season, which coincidentally, Peter and I mentioned during the sequence of Booby Trap, here's a little uh, little trivia for you. The star date given by Worf's son Alexander as his birth date would have taken place during that episode. So I think that that's kind of cool um, <laughs> because I read that somewhere and my brain retained it for no reason. Um, but, yeah, I love this one of these. And it's funny. This is more... I think salient in this day and age is like online dating. I mean, yeah. I, I've had that. The only good online dating experience I ever had was meeting April. But I had a lot of really crappy online dating experience. Jen, I don't know if you've dabbled. Peter, I don't know about you, but holy cow. Yeah. It is, well, good for the both of you because it's um, it, it's a jungle out there. I'm sure any friend you've ever talked to has had a bad experience, I would imagine. I would from my perspective, it reminds me more of a parasocial relationship that we do have with people online. Um, okay. That where, is true. You know, if someone has, you know, a celebrity that they follow or, you know, a YouTuber that they like to watch or a podcaster they like to listen to and they think that they have uh, an understanding of what this person is like. And, you know, the, the recreation of Leah Brahms on the holodeck in Booby Trap was not actually her personality. That was more like the ship sort of talking to Jordy. That's right. how I've headcanoned that. The and ship, so the, the ship had, had a crush on Jordy? <laughs> Flirty yeah. with Jordy? Yeah, I guess so. I mean, if yeah. you go based on how the ships have been treated, they do yeah. have yeah. personality. So. Yeah, oh my yeah. gosh. Oh um, boy. That's, that's, I mean, that's my headcanon. That's a, you know. Uh, I can dig that. But, but 
you know, to bring the real Leah Brahms in and, and Jory's like feeling like he knows her, but he doesn't because of it, it's, it kind of speaks to some of the things that you hear about some celebrities saying, you know, not that he's a stalker necessarily, but he, um, he just has this very false idea of who she actually is. And of course she's offended by that because it's right. a use of her likeness without her permission. And this also right. talks to like some of the AI and deep fakes and stuff that is going on with uh, some of the actors and the right, stuff right. that they're striking against. So it's, um, right. True. it's weirdly prescient because these, much so. all of these topics didn't exist when this episode first aired. I mean, yeah, some of the celebrity culture, but not to the extent that it does in this one. And I think it's interesting that in this one, Jordy does sort of learn his lesson. In yeah. He, he has that sort of um, awakening, that realization, and he's able to sort of make up for that. In, right, in right. This one and, and realize this isn't who I thought. Yeah. And he gives and he gives a nice speech because, yeah, she yeah. she is she's generally pretty unpleasant. She even just, just off the bat before any of that goes down. And she does make mention. She says, well, most people find me cold and uncaring. It's like, bitch, you think so? <laughs> Pardon my French. But I mean, she's unusually nasty to him right off the bat for no good reason. You know, it's not like she discovers that. And again, in fairness, oh, I mean, to right him, off the bat, she's like, you've messed with my engines. And yeah, you know, you're the guy. Yeah. He's, he's screwing she's up one of those stuff. people that and we all know those people who are like, I have the thing the way I like it. Why do you change it? It was perfect right. before. Right. That's, exactly. that's why she's that. somebody, that's somebody she doesn't, doesn't want to have a conversation about it. So, and in fairness to Jordy, it was a one-time thing. It's not like he, Oh, I had my, you know, it's not like what she accuses him. Like, how do I know you didn't have a hundred programs, one for every day of the week. It was a one-time thing. And yeah. it, in fairness to him, how would you le- like say, Hey, I know you because I accidentally, kissed you on the holodeck once but it was a hologram so it's kind of it's it, it's weird all over the place um she is really mean he's really tra- but he also tries to exploit like oh i know she likes pasta a fiorella or something you know what i mean so they're both not being so great in the first half of it they you know they have their come to jesus talk in the holodeck as it were and you know what they develop a different appreciation for each other, which I think is really great. So yeah, I thought this was great. Now the space baby stuff on the back end with the Star Trek stuff, eh, you know, it was fine. Um, I mean, sci-fi interesting. It does, it does warrant, uh, you know, a a retelling, uh, that Scotty is, uh, that he's retelling Scotty in the relics episode in season six, when they're swapping engineering stories, uh, Jordy makes reference to this, this incident. So, uh, but yeah, I really like this episode and Jen, you really nailed it on the head. It's one of those like, Hey, it's a celebrity or it's someone who's Mm -hmm. in the public eye, like the three of us being on, you know, this episode (laughs) being on YouTube, people seeing our faces and people have been listening to me for almost 10 years talk about my life and you know my my <laughs> home and my relationships and blah 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 and same thing with Todd and this different stuff but you know you, you don't really know somebody unless you really know somebody so yeah uh that's where it's at all right Peter other thoughts I'm sorry Jen and I just really monopolized this one so sorry that's about okay that. um I really enjoy this episode for most of the same reasons um I do like how it doesn't like immediately go like Jordy is completely the in the wrong here because it was kind of an accident for him right um, yeah. where just like hey computer i need someone to talk to not just reading the logs and so it, it made something right and yeah it just kind it's of happened not, it's not like he pulled it it's not like he's it's not like hey there's mm-hmm. this person who i really like let me create a program where i have a relationship right. with her right. you yeah, know like it, another character that we know 
Mm. Minuet. Yes. Oh, oh no, not Minuet. Oh, no, no. Or, yeah, Janeway with her, uh, Michael Kelly. Oh, Barkley. Oh, yes. I was, Barclay. yeah. I was thinking yeah. in the Barclay. TNG contest, Barkley. Yes, exactly. I am the goddess of empathy. Oh, yeah. Wow. Yeah, so, like, so, like, if we're looking at, like, violations of that variety, right. yeah, apples this apples. is, like, yeah. innocent cut by comparison. Oh, my gosh. Um, and then, uh, just uh, if I could, before I forget, my beautiful line uh, when Jordy is is having a uh, heart-to-heart with Guinan, again, Whoopi Goldberg being such a pivotal part of the show, certainly during this middle run uh, of it, when she says, he's, uh, well, you know, maybe you met her when you were wearing your other visor on the holodeck. And Jordy goes, Guinan, it's the same holodeck, or it's the same visor. And she says, really? Because I was pretty sure you were wearing the one that lets you see what you want to see nailed it and yes it's let you right back to jen's point when you think you know somebody who you don't actually know because you see their visage out there in the world of social media people are still just people yeah yeah people react in all sorts of different ways and the way that we saw them react in this episode is actually one of the tamer kinds yeah exactly correct yeah yeah no doubt about it well cool all right well we're gonna have fun moving on to this next episode because jen uh didn't rewatch it uh peter (laughs) made quite a face uh in the b-roll when he looked at it and i just straight up have always hated it uh so i think it is Peter's turn to read. Yeah, so, I, that's why I made a face earlier because I knew you left this one for me. <laughs> that happened very organically, I swear. Yeah, okay. <laughs> so, episode 17 of season four Night Terrors. If you know what we're talking about, you will probably also puke in your mouth slightly. Um, <laughs> directed by Les Landau, story by Shari Goodhearts, teleplay by Pamela Douglas and Jerry Taylor. Ah, uh, Jerry. I'm sorry, on. Jerry, that your name is attached to this. Uh, me too. Um, Debuted March 1691. The Enterprise is trapped in a rift. The crew succumbs to REM sleep deprivation, and Deanna has a recurring nightmare. <laughs> okay, yeah, so it's we're, so basically you find yeah. a ship that where everyone's dead. Yeah, um, and they and they, they killed and they all they, murdered they each killed other. Killed each other. Yeah, and then they're like, "Oh, this is weird." And then the same stuff starts happening, and people start losing. Oh, what their a minds mystery! And hallucinating, and <laughs> yeah, right. like Picard starts rising up to the top of the turbo lift. The door is open. He's sitting on his butt on the floor. Like, there's all sorts of just weird, dumb things going on in this of people seeing things that aren't there and. Yeah. Right. And that you got, you know, and again, what's a worse season four Troy episode, this or the loss? Because we talked about the loss, was it last week? I just, I couldn't stand that episode. I just thought she was just, oh, she was driving me nuts. But in this, she actually accomplished. Yeah. She actually accomplished something, but then they had, and they kept referring to it. And again, I've talked about it. And it's actually, oh, it's, oh, it's right here, my red uh, uh, first edition of the Star Trek companion. Whoops, something else fell down. Whoops. But anyway, now you can see it. Uh, where, and I'm not going to flip it up and open it because I'd have to put my glasses on and I'm not doing that. Um, plus, it, it breaks up the narrative here. But it describes the sequence of her floating in midair where it looks like she's flying to like, Deanna, go to the light. And it's three moons circling or something. It's just like, oh, my. You know, even, even the production people, I think this book says, like, just didn't know what the hell was going on. They just just could not get it. Um but again, you know, it speaks to the, the model of the 26 episode hour long season of the way TV used to work. Now, we still, even in the 
10 episode model that you might see on streaming in this day and age, we'll still grab a bad one here and there, but just by, <laughs> by virtue of uh, multiplicity, you're going to have two or three really bad ones in a 26 episode season. Uh, and I think this definitely plunks down, you know? So yeah, Jen, please. It's interesting that you bring that up because, um, I, uh, I have an article on Screen Rant about oh. the best five minutes of the 10 worst Star Trek episodes. And by the way, uh, everyone, if I might, when she says it, it means <laughs> that she wrote it. Our Jen is an esteemed Screen Rant writer. We're very proud of her. But j- j- please go ahead. Yeah. So this one wasn't one of them. But I do kind of bring up the point that no one intends to write a bad episode. Oh, it's, no. <laughs> it's a it's a it's a. Um, fallacy of that 26 right. episode season where you have to come up with so many ideas in such a short amount of time and you have to kind of like throw things at the wall and develop it really quickly and see what sticks and sometimes things don't stick and sometimes it's in the writing process and sometimes it's the direction sometimes it's the production sometimes it's the special effects sometimes it's you know there's any number of reasons that an episode can go wrong so something that is intended to be at least decent you know like i said no one wants to write a bad episode no one wants to make a bad episode you you hope that they're all going to be good right. so um for anyone who does find a bad episode and i'm sorry i did not rewatch this one um but i challenge you to find the best five minutes and find what is the core idea that just didn't really make it to the final product and this sounds like something that you'd love people to contact you so that yeah. you could write a follow-up article, right? And how, <laughs> how, would, how would people do that? Let's stick in the commercial in the middle. Um, that's, a, that's a good question. Uh, oh, I mean, you don't, you I don't, don't have... I don't have- I don't have Twitter, um, but oh, okay. I, uh, you know, I've got my link tree. I will talk about that at the end of the episode. Absolutely. Uh, so that, yeah, so that you can get in touch. Yes. Me. Yeah. Absolutely. Well, well, we'll revisit that. Well, yeah, you know, yeah. everything, everything is due to have a stinker and yeah. uh, mm-hmm. it's, it's okay. Um, because again, it's a weekly series. So we just move on to yeah. episode 18, uh, which is identity crisis. Uh, Winrich Colby, again, in the director's chair story by Timothy DeHaz. Again, not a name I'm familiar with, uh, but by Brandon Braga, one of our big Voyager guys from March of 91. Jordy transforms into an alien creature with a strong instinct to return to its planet of origin. Again, I loved how this kicked off with a very non-traditional open. They're watching a, a video mission log from a mission five, was it five years prior? Five or six years prior? Eight years mm-hmm. prior? Anyway, yeah. it, was, it, it was far enough back that, you know, Jordy was still in the red suit and he was an ensign. Um, but yeah, he, he uh, they're being visited by a uh, fellow officer of his, Susanna Lighton, who's a, an old friend from, I believe it was from, was it from the Victory, the ship that he was on? Before yeah. He was on the Enterprise? Yeah, I yeah. think so. Uh, and then several other crew members who now, fi- I believe it's five years later. So it was just prior to his, you know, the beginning of of, the, of, of this series. Uh, they were on this planet, Tarchan and Three. They were investigating the fact that all the colonists disappeared. And then five years later, uh, now, you know, of this five-man team, uh, three, uh, two have already disappeared. And a third, uh, is, they're chasing them back to this planet. He's on a shuttlecraft. Uh, and Susanna, Light- Lieutenant Commander Lighton, is there on the ship with them. And so they work on decoding this mystery. This this poor guy in the shuttlecraft crashes into the atmosphere because he can't land. 
and then slowly they, they go back to the surface. You see that Lighten is starting to obviously uh, have some symptoms of something, and then she's turned into an alien. Jordy is the last to go. He finally cracks code, finds out that there's a you know a bug or a virus or whatever it is when they visited turns everybody uh, into one of these aliens. Thankfully, they find the cure because five years later, same thing's going to happen to Worf and Ensign Johnson and and Riker and all the other people that went down the surface of the planet. Um, but I dug that. I thought it was and again going back to you know I thought it was a cool way to kick off the episode. It was nice to see that. Jordy had a friend, you know, yet another platonic female friend. Poor guy can't get a date, but that's okay. It's 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 it, it is nice to see Jordy's a super, you know, he's he's buddies to everybody, uh, and it's nice to, the Lightning LaFord show. Of course, you never hear from her again, uh, which is a bummer because she would have been a cool character, I think, to come back because I really liked her. Um, but this was an awesome episode. It was famous for, and this will have no meaning to you guys because it was right around the time this aired, right around the time both you guys were born. But in uh, in L.A. There were two DJs, Mark and Brian, just two guys who were on WLA or one of the big, huge local radio stations who were morning show guys that were the two guys in the costumes that were the aliens that were scurrying um, when Jordy was the third one. It's, it's so random. But the only reason I know about that is because it's in the 25th anniversary videotape like 25th anniversary of star trek that came out in 1991 that i watched and watched and watched and watched and they had a little interview clip of those guys and they also had a short-lived show on nbc where it was a variety show and i'm sure they're both at working in a car wash now or they're retired i hope hopefully they made their millions um but anyway yeah i thought this episode was fun myself personally peter i i really liked the um I know this is like in the weeds, but I really liked this use of the holodeck as a forensic tool. This is one of the few times you see it used that way. And it's just really, really cool how they use it. Um, So it's like, we just usually think of the holodeck as, you know, this thing that people use just to have fun. It's like, no, it can be used for all sorts of things and research stuff. It's not just like a box for just, you know, time by myself. Um, yeah, or Bar- Barclay stuff. I was going to say a large museum, but yeah, <laughs> yes, yeah, or 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 like a museum, like but it has more purposes. But everyone jokes right. that all it is is like you know the it's a it's a sex toy. Oh, yeah, that's what everyone jokes that it's for. But I, I like seeing here how it's being used for something that's all one plot relevant, but two you know right. an actual tool that makes sense that it's there. Um, mm-hmm. I like the transformation idea. I like that, you know, you got aliens that reproduce in a way that we find kind of icky, but it's not, it's not <laughs> the, uh, in terms of like taking over another person, yeah. but it, but it's not, you know, the xenomorphs or strange new worlds take on the xenomorphs. Um, right. so, right. which is nice that it's like it, yeah, it's, it's, it's a somewhat parasitic relationship, but it's not, you know, body horror. Yeah, yeah, true. So, true, true. So it's like I like the idea that we're using that, and I also like that it's not gross, right? <laughs> so big time, without There's a doubt. So she's like that on Voyager too. Um, there yeah, was the, the, um, the the Harry King one, and then there was the one that took over like the dead, the dead remember? people. Yeah, yeah. Oh, there's right. a couple that do it. This I think was yeah. one of the first. This was one of the first ones that did it. Yeah. I also liked yeah. how they used the UV light to make them look like they were in a different um, spectrum of light. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah there awesome. were definitely some interesting things about this one. Most yeah. definitely. Cool. And Jordan awesome. could actually see. 
Yeah, you're right. Yeah, because and then, he, then he stopped again. So. Yeah, he's like, oh, we couldn't give you back real eyes, though. Bummer. Maybe next time. But it's not a <laughs> defect, though. He doesn't no. consider it a defect. No, he doesn't. Then, I just thought right. it was interesting right. how like he yeah, no, was able I, to I see when I'm, he transformed. Right, because the aliens mortar, obviously. Yeah. You know, no, I know he's not. He doesn't think of it yeah, as a defect. I, Nobody else does. I'm, it's just. Yeah. Yeah. It's just an interesting note that it's like, yeah, oh, no, you I can agree. See. Okay. Well, because they're transforming his whole body, so everything mm-hmm. gets transformed. So exactly, that makes sense. Cool, good deal. All right, okay. Well, let's move on to what I think is very f- fun and awesome uh, performance <laughs> by a character that we've already talked about. Jen, this one's yours. Uh, the Nth Degree, uh, directed by Robert Legato and written by Joe Manoski, uh, aired March thirtieth, nineteen ninety one. After an encounter with an alien probe, Barkley experiences great leaps in confidence and intelligence. Awesome. Yeah. Good stuff. I loved uh, – and Dwight Schultz to me is kind of a, kind of a, kind of a, a sad fall from grace. Um, yeah. You know, he, he's, he's a wonderful actor, kind of first uh, burst on the scene in the 1980s. I don't know if you guys are all familiar with the show The A-Team, uh, which was just a fun, dumb action-adventure series in the, uh, you know, uh, of, of, of that ilk yeah. in the early 80s yeah. uh, about a, a group of, you know, ex-Army commandos who become soldiers of fortune, blah, blah, blah. And he was the, he was the crazy one. They had to periodically break him out of the mental institution so they could go do missions and stuff because he was <laughs> mad dog Murdoch. Um, and then he, you know, he rose to fame in this role. And this is only Barkley's second or third appearance. I mean, he was a, he was very rarely uh, a character on the show, but then they would, you know, they'd focus an episode around here. But um, he does so great in this episode going from uh, portraying the Barkley persona as, you know, the way he describes himself in his first appearance, which was in the previous season. I'm the guy who goes to a party and spends time trying to look comfortable examining a potted plant because he's, he's such an introvert. He's so shy to when he's, you know, infused with this artificial intelligence, giving this performance of Cyrano de Bergerac that brings Crusher to tears. Uh, and, and it's just in rehearsal where you see him doing scenes from it earlier and he's just kind of stumbling around and being Barkley. Um, Mm-hmm. I, I, I thought that was exceptional, and you know, and to, to further what I had said before, it's a real shame that in his personal life, Barkley or excuse me, Dwight Schultz is is so heavily uh, right wing. He's so political that he's essentially gotten himself canceled with uh, from popular culture from a lot of things that he's kind of said and done. And I, I don't recall a lot of them. I've read some quotes in there; they're really very unpleasant, um, and that's a bummer. And it's it's why we're not likely to ever see the character again um, in either live action or. or yeah, but you know, it's it's a possible you could see him in something Unless like recast him. recast exactly. So, yeah. but I thought I thought his his performance, uh, his kind of nuances uh, in this episode really made it a winner. I was I was really very impressed by this one. So, Jen, um, I think that you know Barkley is the sort of character that a lot of people do relate to, and I think that it's. I mean, who doesn't want the the magic pill to help you be more confident and help you be the person that you want to be? Um, obviously, this gets taken way too far. Um, <laughs> right. Yeah. Uh, I, I like how they actually bring this back up on a Lower Decks episode. They reference this by, you know, the, the computer coming up and being attached to the computer and everything for the same. It's a similar message, but in a more comedic way. Yeah. Um, but, I mean, it kind of comes down to this idea of – you were, you're fine as you are. You don't need 
to be someone else. You don't need to be this, you know, person that you think you have to be in a certain situation because who you are is good enough, you know, neuroses and all. Yeah. So, yeah, absolutely. You know, it's a good message to eventually have. Um, it's kind of, I mean, I don't dislike it. Um, I dislike Dwight Schultz very much though. So, uh, yeah. uh, you I, know, I, it's, it's, yeah. it's what it is. Right. People are still people. I mean, it's the same thing with actor Stephen Collins, who is who is Decker in Star Trek motion picture. I liked his character very much, but it turns out and he was collected, you know, he was convicted of something absolutely awful and he just he's off the radar for life. So unfortunately, just like we were talking about in an earlier reference, people are, you know, people are still people. They're not the the characters that they portray or the the presence in popular culture that we see them so mm-hmm. uh it's a rough one peter your thoughts um i just have to say one thing <laughs> um i as much as you guys might disagree with Dwight, Dwight Schultz let's not bash him too much um like there's people i disagree with and i don't say too much about it so let's I don't it's know. been it's been said, it's been said. But so, anyway, so I'm just saying, I'm yeah. just saying, just because someone's a little bit more conservative, let's just not smash them. All right, I'm just gonna All leave right. it there. Um, so let's let's actually embrace IDIC. <laughs> yes. When, well, and and let's focus on the performance. Absolutely. Exactly. So, yeah. Um. So sorry, that was just bothering me. Had to mention that. That's okay. Um, anyway, um, entitled to their opinion. Very true. Yep. So uh, I really like this episode too. Um, Barkley's a fun character. Um, I can't say much more than what Jen did about like the the recognizing that there's value in yourself. Um, that, that's really good. Um, and this is just a great episode. And of course, when Barkley's in there, they they just amp up the stupid because that's Barkley. <laughs> right. So play to the strengths. Yeah, yeah. He, he's he's a, he's a he's a gooky guy, and there you go. So it's enjoyable. <laughs> Most deaf. Awesome. Well, let's finish strong with one that I that, that I know I know is Jen's one of Jen's favorites. So we will probably <laughs> let her drive the boat on this one. But uh, Peter, the read is yours, I believe. All right, episode twenty, Cupid, directed by Cliff Bull, story by Randy Russell and Ira Stephen Bear, teleplay by Ira Stephen Bear, aired April twentieth, nineteen ninety one. Q returns. Again, to test Picard's Again. love for an old flame because he's doing something nice for him. Right. <laughs> Q wants to do something nice for me. I'll alert the crew. Was that was that yeah. this episode or is that? It was. Thing? That was this okay. episode. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Jen, it's all yours. This episode is delightful. I mean, it's it's silly, it's fun. Uh, you know, this this is the Robin Hood one. Uh and it's, um, you know, some people remember it as being like a holodeck episode, but it's not. It's all cute. Right. Doing cute right. stuff. Um, this was one of my sick day episodes. I've re- yeah. you know, mentioned that before on the, on the show where I had, you know, the tapes of the things that I've watched over and over. And this is a comfort episode for me because it's just so, it's just so goofy. It's, you know, the Worf is not a merry man, as everyone knows. <laughs> um, I have that quote on my wall. Yeah. It's, it's memorable. Um, I really like it. Uh, I don't know if Picard and Bash are my favorite, uh, as a ship, but it is, you know, what is, it's what is the episode about. 
for the episode yeah. is it, it, it is yeah, the, yeah it, it does yeah. drive the plot of the episode precisely. yeah and i don't i don't hate them it you know they have a yeah. common interest in the archaeology and um this also you know q and bash later on ds9 is a thing yes. um so this introduces that um yeah i just i have so much fun with it i enjoy it it's it's funny it's it's different you know it's right it's off model is it the best episode no but it's fun right and that's why yeah. i like it it gotta be, and like I said, especially in a pack where we've had some some kind of ups and downs. But um, yeah, it, it's, <laughs> what's not to enjoy about this? We I have two stories that I just recall off the top of my head. The guy who was uh, the actor who played Sir Guy of Ginsbourne was in the original theatrical release of The Empire Strikes Back, played the Emperor, or played the voice of the Emperor, I think. Because the face of the emperor was actually a woman with like prosthetics on it, but this guy was the voice of the emperor in huh. you know the 1979 audio recording that became uh, The Empire Strikes Back in 1980. And there's another pretty famous uh, scene. I think Jonathan Frakes talked about this when I heard him speak. Maybe it was at Motor City Comic Con a couple of years ago, or, or something, or, or some, maybe a, an interview that he did. But during that fight scene with the bow staff, he was doing one of his own stunts, at least for this particular take, and he hit it, and it splintered and jammed into his eye. And he had to be rushed to the emergency room, and it was it was later at night in a shoot, so he was rushed to an emergency room in North Hollywood in the outfit. And I think <laughs> people in the ER probably didn't bat an eye, because it probably <laughs> happened all the time. I mean, it's near Hollywood. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, uh, you know, the short story long, he's fine, but I just, I always found that that to be kind of interesting. But this is great, you know, the team working together. I love, you know, Troy trying to perfect her archery and, you know, shooting data. And he was like, I believe your aim is improving. And he's got an arrow sticking out of him. And uh, the the homage to the classic uh, 1978 National Lampoon film, Animal House, where Worf walks up to Jordy playing his playing his ma- his looters mandolin and <laughs> smashes it and hands it back and says sorry because that was that was uh john belushi's role in that movie with uh, uh the guy playing the guitar singing that horrible song i wish i had a chicken or something if you've never seen the movie it was a dude nope. named, a dude named stephen bishop who had a couple of hits in the 70s you know you know i'm a treasure trove of useless music information it's my way um but yeah this was fun this was a fun way peter your thoughts i love this episode like How it's just not? it's it's I mean I generally like most Q episodes but this one's just ridiculous and it's great yeah uh, especially because it's like oh I owe you something and I don't want to owe you something let me do something nice for you no go away <laughs> <laughs> because just, what Q's version of nice is is who knows what that's gonna be yeah it could be like I'm gonna do I mean that's why you have. Yeah. Alert the crew. Q wants yeah, to do right. something <laughs> nice for me. Yeah, yeah. But it's also yeah. funny how like Q plays, you know, the sheriff of Nottingham and he's being a turd the whole time. Right. In classic <laughs> Q form. I know yeah, um, I was I was wrapping a watch this either yesterday or either yesterday or the day before. And he's sitting there uh during the big fight scene, he's just eating a chicken leg or something, like, hmm, okay. <laughs> just watching yeah. everybody else dance around. Or like how like, you know, Vash is like, I'm gonna marry Sir Guy, and Q's like <laughs> What? What? <laughs> There's kind of like the, the dungeon master in me is like, yeah, this is when the players do something completely stupid and you're not expecting yeah. it. Right. Like, it's just really funny. I rolled a 17 for goes. stupidity. I don't know. That's as much as I know about that. <laughs> I rolled a nat one on deception. Great. So yeah, it's, it's just really, it's just a really funny, yeah, funny episode. It, it is kind of a, the D&D vibe and that like Ren Fair vibe. And I mean, that's another way that you can, you know, bring your start. And also a little Monty Python vibe. Yeah. Yeah. 
By the way, glad you mentioned Renfair. Uh, we're recording this on October 1st and October 7th, so the following weekend. So the, the Saturday uh, after you potentially listen, listen to this on a Monday, uh, April and myself will be out representing our club at a small Renfair on the campus of Grand Valley State University here in Metro Grand Rapids. We'll have a tent and we'll we'll be the sitting people talking about Star Trek at a Renfair. So we went last year and walked around and had a great time. And one of our <laughs> chapter members uh, is a student at GVSU and invited us. So that should be fun. Uh, so hope, you know, maybe we'll get involved in some LARPing while we're there. Who knows? I'll, I'll bring a couple phasers or something. I don't know. <laughs> or our batleth. Our bat, you know, our batleth is foam, so it probably won't look as dangerous. We'll see what happens. Well, it won't uh, be as lethal. So. It won't be as lethal. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, to wrap it up, looking at six episodes, let's pick a favorite and a least favorite. I think we know what the least favorite All is. All right. Going to be. Well, yeah. Peter, you jumped out there so you can go first. Well, I'm just going to say probably for all of us, the least favorite is going to be Night Terrors because um, it certainly was mine. Agreed. You bet. All right. Uh, that just that just, that just just cut the conversation in half. I mean, That's okay. I rewatched the show so many times and I don't remember this one. Wow. So. It's like it's a black hole. It's a night terror in your memory. <laughs> it's but, you floating. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, Look, Peter. I like yeah. Troy. I don't want to pick yeah. on Troy, but. She, no, Troy's great. It's just that yeah, episode, episode is just bad. bad. <laughs> I mean, it, this is this is to Troy as Sub Rosa is to Beverly. <laughs> What do you think about that? I mean, is that is that on par? Sub Rosa is entertaining in its own way. But we will yeah. talk about that when we get to season seven. I can't wait for the S, which will be quite some time. But you know what? We, we will enjoy doing it. That'll be one of our very last uh, touches to this uh, style of run through. <laughs> yeah, a couple of years from now, without a doubt. Let's see if so, I still feel the same way then. We, we, yes, exactly. Watch the Rosa. I've changed my mind. It's not I bad. do. It's changed my life. All right. Well, Peter, do you have yeah. a favorite then? Uh, Cupid. Gotcha. How can you not? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there, there's some other good ones, but it, I just, anytime Cupid is on, I'll sit down and watch yeah, it. It's, it's just so same. ridiculous. I, I hear you. Yeah, I can't. Well, I'll tell you what, and Jen, tell me if I'm wrong, but is it fair to make this whole thing unanimous? You yeah, know? I think yeah. so. Yeah, so yeah, Cupid for the tops, and then uh, Night Terrors for the bottom. So, oh my goodness. Uh, well, this has been fun. Well, yeah. uh, we will be back in our next episode, and again, because there's 26 episodes, we go seven six seven six. so we'll be covering the next seven, uh, the final seven episodes of the season uh, in our next segment, and hopefully one or both of you will be here, but that's the mystery of this program, is you just don't know who's going to be around. You never know. All right, well, this has been great. Everybody, thanks for joining us. Uh, Jen, where do you had mentioned uh, yes. where people can find you if they want to so, send you some information about their thoughts about a five-minute uh, uh, beacon of light? Um, so I have a link tree, uh, which is linktree.com slash Jen Watson art. Um, from there, you can find my Instagram, uh, my Facebook. Um, you can find my Facebook as my Jen Watson art Facebook. Uh, you can message me there. You can message me on Instagram. Um, it's also my Etsy shop. Um, that will probably be closing down for a brief moment in the near future. Um, but it will be, be reopening again before the holidays. And of course, my uh, my author page on uh, Screen Rant. Uh, awesome. Articles up. Most of them are about Voyager. Awesome. Now, can, can people contact you there? Is there like a leave a comment or whatever? Or? Uh, there is not. Okay. Um, I would say probably the best way to reach me would be on Instagram through the awesome. messaging feature on Instagram. I will, you know, I will get that. Good deal. So if you, if you have thoughts about that kind of yeah. stuff, dear listeners, hit Jen up that way. Peter, what about you? 
Uh, you can find me around at Petrus Aquinas. I don't do much, but you can find me. <laughs> and and you have the, what's the production thingy that you're in that you've talked about in the past? Oh, yeah. I'm also, I currently play a Vulcan chief engineer on ELH's uh, YouTube and Twitch channel. I will actually be transitioning over to the Game Master for a little bit. So I'll be Ooh, running. Fun. Stuff, All right. So. Be we'll sure see. to tune in. We'll see if it goes bad or not. <laughs> It's the only, only one way players to find out. Players will decide what players will decide. Exactly. It could be <laughs> great. It, it'll be great either way, but it could be disastrous. Yeah. Who knows? That's awesome. Sometimes the yeah. disastrous campaigns are the most fun ones, though. Yeah. As we say, the complications are what make it entertaining. Right. Exactly. That, that's entertainment, folks. Uh, and you can find me over on X slash Twitter uh, at the C3. Just go ahead and spell it out. Trying to spend a little bit more time on Instagram and then over on on threads. Extra's kind of poking me to do that. Uh, that would be at my Facebook style handle, which is uh, at... C3 Carpenter, you got to spell that out too. Uh, my wife April and I, and Peter is also a part, are uh, run the USS Grand Petoskey. We are one of the biggest chapters of the International Star Trek Fan Club in the world. We're based here in West Michigan, but we've got chapter uh, we've got chapters all over Michigan and Eastern Canada. As I am the person who also heads up the region, uh, you can visit our Grand Petoskey Facebook page to reach out if you're a trekker uh, in that neck of the woods and would like to meet trekkers near you. We can help make that happen. Friends, as always, thank you for joining us. I'm going to tell you that sharing is caring and keep on trekking. And be the Starfleet that you wish to see in the world. Peace and long life. This podcast is part of the Secret Friends Unite podcasting network. Visit secretfriendsunite.com for more great shows, articles, news, reviews, and more. Secret Friends Unite podcasts are available on Apple, Google, Spotify, and other podcast services around the world. If you'd like to be part of the conversation, you can join us on Facebook or our new Discord server, or follow at Secret Friends U on Twitter. Please subscribe to Secret Friends Unite on YouTube and visit our merch store at tpublic.com. Just search Secret Friends Unite. Thanks for listening.